0: Good day everyone you're listening to time for your hobby and this is episode 11 gaining control of your body movement i'm your host alex and today i have the honor to have nick as my guest on the show how are you doing today
1: i'm good man it's been a crazy day
0: oh yeah you just been busy before coming here
1: uh yeah i ended up getting an oil change ran around a lot coming in Yeah, uh, i thought i was gonna get like a 60 dollars change spent like 300 on maintenance i was like well <laughs>
0: So this has been a busy day. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, we'll try to relax a little bit and try to put your mind at ease. So, actually, today we are going to talk about your hobby, which is Muay Thai. Yep. So, uh, why don't you before we start start talking about Muay Thai, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself?
1: Uh, I'm Nick. I'm 25 years old. I've been doing martial arts for maybe seven years. Um, I've been competing for about three years. I've got 12 on record fights.
0: Uh, my record's eight and four. So, in other words, I should not piss you off. Yeah, take yeah. some elbows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the elbows are straight to the jaw. Uh, okay, so yeah, your hobby is Muay Thai, and how did you get introduced to Muay Thai?
1: Um, so, when I was in high school and I started training in martial arts, uh, I did a little bit of boxing, I started doing jiu-jitsu, and part of that whole program uh, is Muay Thai. It's a very well-known sport in the space that sort of deals with a lot of different aspects of striking and standing up fighting. Um, I found over the years that I prefer trying to stick to one sport because trying to do it all is really messy. And it's a lot nicer when you can really grasp one specific discipline. Um, Yeah, so through MMA training, I met a bunch of coaches and uh, I really enjoyed Muay Thai, so I picked that as a sport.
0: Okay, and so you're not a jack of all trades. You like to perfect one sport and one activity at once so it wasn't necessarily a person that I introduced to you or was just or introduced it to you or?
1: uh it was mostly the environment like i met the coaches when they were there they came and joined our gym when i was already there and then i took a break for university and trying to get back into it i was like who were the people that i liked spending time with the most and i thought like james wayne those were the coaches for muay thai and i found them uh they moved to a different location and i went out reach out to them they said yeah sure come on down um we'll see what we can do. And it's been that uh, it, I've been with them since.
0: Okay. And so you have these inspirations to these coaches that made you fall in love with Muay Thai is Muay Thai something you want to teach to somebody later on, or is it just something that you want to just do for yourself kind of thing?
1: Uh, Muay Thai for sure is something that's mostly for myself, mm-hmm. but coming from that background, I've sort of had a lot of mentors teach me and help me improve and Part of improving yourself is being able to work with people who are better than you or around your level and being able to experiment on all different levels and all different body styles, right? So you get more in control with being uncomfortable and dealing with different types of people. So in order t- for me to continue improving, uh, I have to pass down some of my knowledge and some of my skills so that somebody else can improve and push me harder as well.
0: Okay. And what age did you start doing it? It was in high school, you said?
1: Yeah, uh, I think... When we were hanging out back in high school, I started doing it. It was around the like 16, 17 mark. And so around that 17 to 18, I started like, yeah, choosing the gym instead of going out to dinners with you guys. And, like, <laughs> yeah, it was a good time, though.
0: So you're almost getting up onto 10 years of doing it 16 and you're 25. So
1: <sighs> yeah, I took a big break. So that's why I, I oh, okay. think I consider it like six, seven years, because it was like a year and a half, two years of hard training in high school. And then I took almost like three, four years off for university
0: okay okay and on a personal level what does muay thai bring to you on a let's say emotionally or in your everyday life how does it had how's how has it had an impact
1: muay thai helps me calm down uh it helps me unwind after a long day and it's just i think it's one of the only physical activities that i really enjoy doing um there's always like running. I used to play soccer. I still like going hiking, and there I picked up rock climbing a little bit too. Um, and those are fun things, but I don't think I have the same passion for them the way I do in Muay Thai. Uh, it's definitely a different feeling that you really need to get into and sort of immerse yourself in to experience.
0: Okay, so you did say you do a little bit of everything else. Did did you pull in anything from those activities into your Muay Thai? Let's say the rock climbing. Did that help? i don't know strengthen your grip i don't know if that's a thing in muay thai to have a good grip or let's say the running building up your endurance or anything like that
1: yeah running is definitely a core part of muay thai during our training camps you have to go running it gets your lung capacity up it helps you uh get stronger legs and you just sort of push and use it as a warm-up too right uh because muay thai is an impact sport you want to make sure that you're all warm and your body's nice and loose and flexible before you start doing anything and running is one of my key uh warm-up activities. Um, Rock climbing definitely increases your grip. (laughs) Um, I saw my grip strength get a lot better when I started, and it's really interesting because rock climbing itself is a lot about the technique as well. So um, you learn a lot about your body and what kind of different things you can do there, and that sort of leads into similar kinetic motions, right? I found that my experience like being explosive and pushing from my feet and like jumping Mm. like linking that power from your legs to your arms and whatnot helped a lot in rock climbing um because you have to have similar ideas of pushing off and then reaching out and getting a flow uh to go from point a to b
0: there's not much mounting your opponent right (laughs) yeah
1: no not as much um we still we get into close combat uh there's something called the clinch Mm -hmm. so It's not the same as an MMA, you you don't continue fighting when you're on the ground, um, but we can sweep, we can trip in certain ways, uh, and when we're in that close combat, that's when the elbows and the knees come in. Um, It's really important to have good grip so you can control your opponent's arms and make sure that um, you don't leave any open spaces for elbows and getting hit.
0: Okay. And uh, I think I forgot to ask or say this at the beginning or to make it more clear what body parts are mostly used in Muay Thai for those who might be wondering.
1: So Muay Thai, uh, Muay means boxing in Thai. So Muay Thai is boxing of Thai, right? So it's Thai boxing. Uh, you use like punches, elbows, knees, and kicks. And uh, within those, you have different ranges. So you start on the outside, you can throw kicks, push kicks, swing kicks, roundhouse kicks. And then as you start getting closer. The punching comes in and you can have longer knees to sort of a shorter distance knees and when you start getting closer in that range the elbows can start coming out
0: okay so it's more of a impact like a really quick impact sport yeah absolutely okay okay so i gotta start training to get that going if i ever want to do that i i'm pretty lanky i don't have strength oh (laughs) man tall people are the worst (laughs) i have a friend who's six foot seven and he does muay thai oh god (laughs) So he just raises his knee and then he hits you in the chin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Do you have any inspirations? Anybody that you look up to or let's say in life?
1: Uh, So not just Muay Thai?
0: Anything that like, let's say when it comes to Muay Thai, let, let's say, let's say your mom inspires you or a close friend uh, to keep pushing or eating well, or you saw your trainer or going outside in nature helps you recuperate or anything like that, that gives you inspiration to improve yourself or well, pretty much improve yourself in Muay Thai.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think one of the big things is training partners and our team. Um, usually there's always somebody fighting. Somebody's got a fight camp coming up uh, and everybody rallies around them to help make sure that they're ready for their fight camp. And it's really cool because I've also benefited from when nobody else is fighting but I am and people will make it into the gym specifically for me to hold pads or to work with me. And everybody gives you attention to help you improve to make sure you can see the best of yourself. Um, So in that sense, everybody at my gym... uh, is an inspiration There are people that are a lot better than me there are people that aren't as skilled as me but when we like sprint at the end of our runs they still beat me off the line and i'm like god damn it (laughs) yeah so they're also an inspiration because you can see how hard they work and you can watch their improvement you can physically see from month like from month one of their fight camp to month four of their fight camp how much they get better and how uh how they're getting in better shape and how they react differently and how they can pick up on different things and they become better training partners for you too um because as they get better they push you harder
0: okay so here's a quick question do you actually learn anything from let's say your uh, not co-workers but your friends and your other fighting fighting partners different techniques things you said oh i did not know i could do that or maybe i want to try my own version of that move set
1: oh yeah absolutely uh I travel to Toronto a lot back and forth so there's a lot of um, whenever I go to Toronto I'll visit different gyms and there's a lot of sort of sharing maybe not explicitly but Mm -hmm. picking up on what other people do right everyone's got a different flow different comfort and range Um, so off of just feeling and you know eating a kick to the arms from some other person you're like how did that hit me I've got a really good check or like oh, I need to work on this aspect. I'm not doing as well. And I can tell because I'm, you know, getting tossed around. Um, But from, you know, just observing to even working with some of the mentors at your own gym or at other gyms, there are people that just explain things to you. And sometimes it just clicks. Um, It's been sort of a long journey for me. And one of the things that I've always had a bit of an issue with is keeping my arms closer to my body and sort of keeping my elbows in for blocking shots. And so I've always had a pretty decent offense, but sometimes it relaxes a bit in the defense, especially if you start throwing kicks and worrying about other things, your elbows start loosening up and you get a little more relaxed. Um, But one of my mentors in my last fight camp had explained something in a way that just made sense for me. And so slowly within like the week or two I just kept practicing that and practicing that and I saw my guard get tighter and I saw myself more comfortable in like the boxing range rather than just in the clinch in the kick range okay so that's really cool
0: so how long does it usually take you to uh, let's not necessarily master but improve on one move like let's say you learned it today it would take you a week two weeks or
1: uh, I think it depends on your body mm. everyone's different because flexibility issues, or if you have just a different cadence in how you like to move from what's being taught, uh, sometimes you just never pick it up, right? But at other times, you sort of start seeing it, and you just feel better and better every time you do it. And there's a large progression, you know, there's being able to do the move, there's being able to work it on the bag with like a free swinging bag that moves differently, hitting it on the pad that somebody's who's holding it for you. Uh, and they can compensate for any of your mistakes by, you know, if you're too far away, they'll step in, or if you're too close, they'll step back. And then there's being able to just throw that move in the air, right, and being able to recover from it. So mm-hmm. that's a very important aspect of something like shadow shadowboxing. Um, so mixing all of those up, once you get comfortable in every single thing and being able to work it with a partner, hitting different parts of the body with a certain move, Um, and being able to pick your shots on timing and stuff like that, uh, all sort of factor in, right. So to really get all of those things, I think it's still sort of a (laughs) lifetime, uh, lifetime endeavor to keep improving. I'd say start getting comfortable with something, maybe a month or two in if I'm really, really focused on it, right. If I forget about it the next week, because I worked on it a lot last week, it might not stick as much, you know, a month down the road.
0: Okay, and here's a tough, well, not a tough question, but a question that actually might be good for your opponents who might be coming up in a fight with you, trying to know <laughs> your weakness, but hopefully it's just for people who are listening who wants to learn more about it. What would you say is your style? Are you more speed or defense? Or which one's your strong point, if that makes any sense?
1: Yeah, um, that's funny. Uh, Nobody listen to this. No, <laughs> um, I in Muay Thai there's a couple of different styles uh, of fighters so you have sort of like the hard-headed kind of guy who just likes to walk forward and throw stuff you have sort of like tricky elusive fighters and they'll be better at evading and countering and then you also have fighters that are better at certain aspects right so there's like boxing there's kicking and there's clinch Um, and each one of those can sort of be mixed up in different ways, right? You can be an aggressive boxer or you can be a very good defensive boxer and vice versa with the clinch and the kicks, right? I would say uh, I'm an aggressive kicker and I tend to grind a lot in the clinch. Um, So those would be my stronger points, I think. Um, I like to kick a lot and it's a lot of fun. I just feel like, being able to handle that range and being able to keep people at bay um if you have a good kick and good timing on that kick really gives you a big advantage
0: okay and for those who are listening he's not only good at that he's good at everything else too so don't think he has weaknesses <laughs> just
1: <laughs> it's all good i mean when you start fighting a little more you start getting videos online and stuff like that too so everybody can do research but you can only prepare for something so much
0: right mm-hmm. and are you good at uh reading uh, your opponent like trying to predict their movesets and their patterns?
1: Uh, yeah, I would say so. I've got a pretty good handle on timing mm-hmm. and it really depends on body types, right? I think that's still a thing that everybody in no matter how experienced they are has to, um, has to grasp is sort of being able to react to different styles. If somebody's taller and lankier and they're better at keeping you away Or if somebody's taller and lankier, but they just like working in the pocket with you. Everything comes different depending on who it is. Um, So I think I have a good understanding of most body types and most, um, most styles. But there are definitely ones that I have more trouble with.
0: But there must be fun to try to figure it out in the middle. Or is it fun to try to figure out in the middle of a fight? Like, okay, what's what's his next technique? I'm not quite sure what's his style, but it's a learning process. Do you find that fun or is it more stressful to try to figure it, that out during a fight?
1: Depends on if you're getting beat up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's it. That is fair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um- I don't think I've ever had a situation where I've really felt super helpless in a fight. So it's definitely fun in that aspect. And it's having different mentalities going into the fight, too. There's I want to win or I want to be able to read this guy um, and how you want to do it. Right. So when I first went into fighting, um, my first competition, my coach said something that's really good advice for anybody out there who's getting into competing is hit first and hit last. I'm like, all right, cool. Cool. That's all I thought about was make sure you hit first and you hit last. And it worked out great. Uh, I dominated the guy. I moved in through a lot of shots. He would like counter either. He would hit me and I'd counter him back and back off. And so I'd get the last hit or he'd hit me mm. or I'd hit him. He would hit as I evaded and then I'd come back after that. So it was really cool because I felt like I had really good control of the ring, but also good control Uh, a good range control on making sure I could read what he was doing and then countering back on him. Um, But as you get more experienced and guys get better, they're just as good at (laughs) hitting first and trying to hit last. And so that starts to move into different things like higher scoring points or what you think is more dominant or what's more efficient. right? So um, there was a while where I didn't kick enough. Uh, When I first started, I didn't throw kicks as much in fights um and a, now kicking is one of my prized sort of mm-hmm. like i'm proud of how well i can kick uh my ability to be able to keep people away or to read if somebody is putting their hands down to go for that head kick or to like disrupt somebody's movement because they would move a certain direction and i'd stop them with a nice hard kick right um but it's a, a very interesting experience of trying to like learn how to think differently in a fight and focus on different aspects of what you're doing, of whether you're pressuring or backing off or just trying to throw a different technique.
0: Okay. And uh, based off of hitting and stuff like that and protection, do you use any gear or is it just you more just your body? Or like when I say gear, like a helmet or some sort of pads for your legs and arms?
1: Yeah. So uh, in Ontario and in most fight leagues nowadays um we have different classes uh in North America we have the concept of B class or uh C class B class A class and open class mm-hmm. uh some places may or may not have open class they might just go to A and that's it uh in Ontario C class is three fights and under B class I think is seven fights and under A class is 8 to 20 and open class is 20 and up so uh let's start at the top open class is no gear you've got gloves and that's it um, maybe elbow pads, uh, if you're fighting amateur, so you'll have elbow pads is no headgear, no shin guards, uh, everything's sort of like bare contact a class, um, some places I think you can agree to wear shin guards or to take them off. And then it's definitely headgear. You have to wear headgear in a class in Ontario, uh, and then gloves, elbow pads. Um, and then as you go down to B and C class, you wear definitely he- headgear shin guards gloves uh sort of like the whole shebang it's a way to get more open fighters to be able to continue their career for longer Mm. right especially going into c class and b class if you're less experienced there's a bigger age or there's a bigger skill gap depending on how long somebody's been training how old they
0: are or what kind of gym they're from okay now for the gloves what kind of gloves are they exactly the material or they're not boxing gloves as in boxing like american boxing right
1: um they're pretty similar if not the same yeah so one big distinction actually i did a bunch of research on this for one of my friends one day because they were wondering what the difference was uh the biggest difference is that you get some wrist protection because Mm. you eat a lot of kicks to the arms if you're doing anything in kickboxing or muay thai um and then also muay thai has a very core concept in the clinch so they have a little more wrist movement. So you can grab onto the back of the head and you can grab grips. Um, Whereas in boxing, your wrist is very stiff. It covers Mm -hmm. that entire area, but there's no padding on the back of the hand or the back of the wrist, right? So all the padding sort of goes into like where that fist area is. Um, I think competition regulation is either eight ounce, 10 ounce or 12 ounce. I actually can't remember. Uh, But the bigger the glove, the safer they are. Quote unquote. Uh, And the smaller the glove, the more knuckle you're feeling. It's Mm. really just to protect your hand
0: rather than Mm. the other guy's head. I'm not going to imagine. Do you have special (laughs) gloves, like your lucky gloves you wear all the time, or do you just, you can use any gloves?
1: Uh, I use basically any gloves. I have different brands that I like more. Mm -hmm. um, And most of those brands are Thailand style. So, like Twins, Raja, uh, Wind, and Sandy are, I'd say, part of like the top line of gloves that I prefer. Um, But then there's there's sort of like North American takes on those. So one of the very popular brands in North America is called Infight Style and they use Thai manufacturers, but they have their own sort of like um, look and feel and their own design and their own marketing and stuff like that uh, out here in North America.
0: Okay, and how often do you train during the week and what is your training ritual or routine?
1: Uh, I'm up right now around three to four days uh i have uh a meniscus injury and then um i've got some health complications so i've been sort of taking it light and making sure i can uh manage my lifestyle with competition and sort of training and being there for our, my other teammates um but usually when we're in fight camp it's about five six days a week uh you want to make sure you got a rest day in there because mm-hmm. rest is super key when you're pushing the limits of your body and also going on a calorie deficit to make sure you can cut weight. Um, Our rituals depends on what we do and what day it is. Um, We have certain days where we have more of a sparring night or more of a clinch night or working boxing and stuff like that. Uh, The average sort of Thai camp training style would be like a six to 10 K run. You'd get back, skip for maybe 20 minutes and then the ties would hold pads for you, um, but you would sort of rotate. So you'd go like some people are hitting the bag and shadow boxing, and then the tie will, uh, like one of the trainers will like point you out, be like, "All right, it's your turn," and they'll put like three, four, pa- uh, three, four five rounds on the pads for you, um, and then you would do some clinch work and do some sparring work. Uh, maybe go back hit the pa- uh, hit the bag or shadow box if you're really tired. And then at the end of that, we get a workout. So it would be like 100 push-ups, 200 sit-ups kind of
0: deal. So, oh, the easy stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. every night. <laughs> every night, easy stuff. What are actually some common injuries? Not Let's not say necessarily for you, but like just in Muay Thai, some common injuries and what are the best way to either prevent them and take care of them from your experience?
1: Oh, man. Um, let's talk about injury prevention. Two mm-hmm. things for mm-hmm. injury prevention is just sort of, One really important thing is just getting rest, Uh, especially if you're competing, you have to rest properly or else you're not going to be operating fine and your muscles will be tired and sort of more fragile, right? Muscles and bones. Um, So you want to make sure you get that rest in recovery, uh, make sure you're getting your protein, ice things that hurt, go to sleep on time or get enough sleep, you know, uh, heat things up that have been injured for a while but are feeling a little better, right? All that stuff uh, mixes into sort of the lifestyle as as you're training and looking to fight. Um, A second really important thing is making sure you have control. So for experienced guys, if you're in fight camps and stuff like that, it's all great to be helping people that aren't as good as you, but you got to make sure that you stay safe. So if somebody who's learning from you just kind of goes ham all the time and just wants to be there to like bang and get beat up and stuff like that, um, maybe don't do that during fight camp, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so picking your partner is really important, and so is recovery. Otherwise, um, common injuries. There's a lot of stuff. People hyperextend their elbows. You can hurt your knuckles on the bag or on somebody's head. Um, you can get clipped. So if somebody misses something, if you're holding pads, if you're sparring, right? There's a lot of like knee on knee or like elbow on knee headbang clashing nutshots shots like oh, stuff happens okay. yeah Make sure you wear
0: a cup. <laughs> okay. That's one of yeah, the equipments. And important. You still wear one of those, right? Yes. Oh, okay.
1: cup, cup is regulatory in North America, everywhere uh, in Thailand. Apparently they're not super enforced, like strictly enforcing on that. Same with mouth guard, actually. Apparently oh. in Thailand, if you fight, there are some places that just don't care if you wear a mouth guard or not.
0: Really? Okay. Wow. Yeah. So speaking of like Thailand and stuff like that, you said you do participate in competitions. Do you only do it in Canada or would you prefer doing some competitions abroad as well?
1: Uh, I definitely want to do competitions abroad. Um, I would like to fight sometime in Thailand before I retire in the Muay Thai career. Um, And one of the things that happens out there is that they just throw you in no gear for the most part. You've got to be in like a very touristy area as like a tourist fighter if you want to fight with like shin guards and headgear or something like that. For the most part, they put you in, they're getting you a pair of old gloves that might be kind of worn out and then you're fighting the other guy bare shin. Um, so you definitely have to be ready if you want to go and fight in Thailand or have a lot of money because they'll give you somebody that you could probably take.
0: Oh, huh, Okay. So that's good advice for me. If I ever want to pick up Muay Thai and go to Thailand, probably I won't anytime soon, but you know what? I'll <laughs> take all the advice from you if I ever do. Um, what was your biggest challenge when you first started Muay Thai?
1: Uh, I think a challenge that a lot of people go through when they start looking into competition is that they don't maintain regular training well enough. Mm. Like, I trained all the time. Um, I started, again, in 2015. I joined the gym in May. uh, And from May to December, I had, including demo fights, six fights, seven fights, I think. And that's a lot of time. I started those fights in August. So it was, like, one fight per month, Maybe a little more than that, and that was a crazy experience. It was really hard on my body, but at the same time, you know I was twenty twenty three years old twenty two years so old. so long ago <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh like you're if you're competing, chances are you're still pretty young and you're young you're sort of your body recovers quick, you're really driven most of the time, right, so you just want to be training all the time and um it you don't really understand the different impacts it might have on your body uh so you just want to be careful with that
0: what is the retirement age for muay thai for example
1: oh man i've seen people retire at like 18 i've seen people retire like or sorry yeah 18 (sighs) if they get in early enough people get tired of it you know it's it's a hard lifestyle to maintain. Um, you're not really going out and partying, you don't really drink, you've got to have a pretty strict diet to compete. Mm-hmm. Um, so some people just they call it quits when, you know, they've been fighting for like four or five years when they're younger. Um, but it's a really cool feeling, so you'll see some people come back too. Uh I I know guys that fought or fight up until they're like mid thirties, maybe forties even. Um, and I'd say that's usually around the cutoff range. Um, when you're around your mid thirties, sort of life catches up. You have other mm-hmm. responsibilities too. Um, so that's usually around the time when people start, uh, taking, taking it a little slower, becoming coaches or moving into Muay Thai in a different space.
0: It sounds like in the oh, mid thirties is the golden age for pretty much any sport. If you think high activity sports, sports with a lot of contact or that's pretty abusive on the body that feel like 30 is the, the around mid thirties is the magic number.
1: Yeah, especially when you're working with uh with like one-on-one sports, right? Mm-hmm. With, if you're thinking about sort of like tennis or… Um, hockey. Yeah, hockey for sure. Uh, any of those sort of things where you have to compete against people that are younger and learning sort oh, of yeah. the newer techniques, you you have experience on them, but you also have to be able to keep up physically and it gets harder and harder as you go along.
0: But it's good that some of these people who do compete and then retire, well, say retire in thirty years old or mid thirties, they decide to do coaching. Do you see a lot of people who go right into coaching, or?
1: Yeah, I think it's a transition period because I mean, when you get more experienced, as long as you're not super selfish about your experience as a fighter, um, you usually end up helping people out. You see the up and comer fighters, you work with them and explain how things work to help them get better. there's generally a class experience too, right? You fill in for classes if one of the other instructors aren't there uh, or you volunteer because they'll give you a discount on membership, stuff like that. Like it, it happens. Um, and that really, teaching Muay Thai helps you learn a little more about it as well. So when mm-hmm. somebody asks a question and you're like, well, I don't know, how would I react to that? Or if they ask like, oh, what am I doing wrong? And you're like, okay, let me break it down and see what you're doing that's different from what i would do in this situation and how to improve their techniques you understand it better because then you know the mechanics you know the timing better uh and it helps you sort of in that space of like trying to read the other person or um changing up your own technique so that you can get around some of like the ways that other people defend that technique right Yeah, no,
0: I could be completely wrong, but I could imagine somebody who is a coach who teaches his special techniques to his student or his pupil could feel that sort of joy to see it executed really well.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, If you start helping people out and, you know. A couple months go by, a year goes by, and that person started out, you know, 180 pounds, kind of chubby, like came in, learned a lot, started getting better technique. Now they got a six pack and you're like, man, you are ready, right? <laughs> it's like, that's my kid. I I did that. Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, you have sort of people that you take under your wing sometimes and it's just, um, it's a really good feeling. And they, they're part of your team. They're part of your gym, right? So mm-hmm. it, it's like this whole teamwork feel when somebody does well, we all do well. You know? so it's
0: a family like activity, per se. Yeah, uh, yeah. I get it, I get it. So, I did ask you what was your biggest challenge when you first started. What is your current biggest challenge?
1: Well, like I said, um, I have a meniscus injury. Mm-hmm. So, my knee is kind of out of commission for a lot of stuff. I go in, I do some boxing, um, but I can't run properly right now. I can't do any clinch. I can't kick without it hurting. So. I'd say that's one of my biggest uh, setbacks at the moment. I'm Mm -hmm. doing physio for it when I can. And then I'm also uh, going in just to make sure that I keep my skills sharp and sort of get to move around. So I've been holding a lot of pads lately for the guys who are fighting and sort of just making my way around to be able to be active in the space. So it's
0: basically knowing your body and its limits and try to improve on your limits, right? Yeah. Okay. And has Muay Thai ever been a thing to help you relieve stress or is it more of a stressful thing?
1: It's both. <laughs> uh, it's a mixture of both. Yeah. When when you finish a hard day of work and you've been in meetings all day or you've been just staring at the computer or whatever you do at work, uh, it's good to be able to sort of clear your head, go for a jog, and just focus on hitting things, right? It, it's really cool because it gets into this like, not repetitive but like um a meditative state when you're just thinking that's what i want to hit or like i need to push harder and then it just feels good as you make impact and you know you're doing it right um it's definitely stressful because when you compete or even if you're not competing you know how good it feels when you've done super well before Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and if you're not like nobody's perfect and everybody has up moments and downswings if you're on a downswing and you're just like man why isn't this connecting the way I want it to or like how come I'm so slow coming back from this technique or um I just feel like I have no energy today that kind of stuff all impacts your mindset too and uh, it gets really stressful when you're like I want to improve and I want to maintain my current and uh like my current abilities, and really improve on that um yeah, it gets really stressful when it's just not happening, you don't understand why,
0: okay, okay, but so it's a perfect balance of stress and not stress and relieving the stress and gaining some stress while you're relieving the stress. It's <laughs> an endless cycle of happiness and stress, yeah,
1: well, uh, it's good to be able to um to isolate different mm-hmm. worlds um try not to let like work stress affect you in Muay Thai or if something's going on in your relationship or a friendship Mm -hmm. or like financially you can sort of let most of that go uh or all of it go in the moment if say you're
0: sparring and sort of just trying to keep your head on (laughs) okay and uh I'm glad it's it's actually helping you and cope with life because life is crazy especially in this day and age there's so many things happening and it's good to have things that we can use to relieve our stress now little transition a little bit what are some misconceptions about people who do muay thai or muay thai in general i think one of
1: the biggest ones uh for anybody in that sort of combat um martial arts space um is that like you have meatheads and guys that are really like oh, they just want to brawl and beat people up and stuff like that. And I mean, to an extent, there's some sort of culture of like, you're here to fight, you're here to get banged up and all that stuff, right? But there's a lot of different things you think about too. Um, In a sport like this, it's a lot about sort of seeing who's got more grit, who has more technique, and it's a pretty, uh, like it's a very good sportsmanship space. Um, You see guys hug it out when they're done training, when they're done fighting Uh in the middle of fights, like when the round ends and something happened and they both like both athletes have been pushing each other, you'll see them congratulate each other and be like, man, that was good, and then go back to their own corners. Um, you'll see the last round before this starts, they'll touch gloves. Some guys will hug. It's kind of weird to me. But (laughs) at the very least, yeah, touching gloves and sort of like acknowledging that this has been a good fight, um, and that your opponent's skilled. Um and you're both sort of pushing yourselves to your limits. Uh, that's a really important thing in the sport that not a lot of people really understand, right? It's not just about, oh, I want to fuck somebody up. Mm-hmm. Can I yeah, swear? you can you can, you can <laughs> swear? It's okay. Cool. You're an adult, you can
0: swear. Um sorry kids. <laughs>
1: uh so it's not just about going in there and getting hurt. Like people who do that usually end up in brawl uh, in bar fights? Mm. Most guys I've seen train and fight. Anybody who's got more than like two or three, like, oh, I jumped in there, I just beat that guy up, right? Anybody who's got more experience than that, like, I haven't seen people get into like bar fights in years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's a very like intellectual space. You have a lot of analyzing. You have a lot of like trying to improve yourself, um, and you have all these guys who, no matter what their backgrounds are, they um, they really take their time to focus in and learn, um, which is really important. So, yeah, just a lot of fighters out there are more than, you know, just big brawlers and weird people.
0: Well, it's interesting you say that, because I, mm-hmm. while you were answering that, I was also thinking a lot, let's say fighting. You think people are tense, there's a lot of aggression, there's a lot of wires or crossing or emotions crossing but if you look at other sports that aren't necessarily violent let's say tennis people can have bigger grudges against each other and it's interesting how fighting sometimes like you're saying they just touch gloves saying okay you know what this was a good fight you did well i did well we're friends when it's not like the tv shows where the boxer <laughs> comes in or the fighter comes in with this pure rage of vengeance or anything like that But let's say sports like tennis, you can have a lot of aggression, but it's not meant to be an aggressive sport. So, yeah, um,
1: honestly, I think most of the stuff that happens off fight or sometimes even on screen during a fight um, is for the hype and Mm -hmm. the money. And and there's like there's some sort of like because we're all in some way, not just fighters. Everybody's got a bit of an ego and you have to be sort of proud of what you do if you're going to put that much time into it, right? And a lot of people will put their time in and something will go wrong that's not fair. Or you you see some stuff about the UFC and like Conor McGregor and just disrespect and whatnot. And like it that sells shows, right? That's a thing that happens is just like people do it, I think, not just for oh, well, screw you, I'm going to beat you up and your boys and your crew or whatever. It's just like, if we do this, a lot of drama comes out and... More money. Yeah, exactly. It's good for the entertainment industry. Um, At the end of the day, a lot of fighters who are pro do understand that it is entertainment, right? So they're there, they put on a good show in the ring, outside of the ring, uh, and those types of people end up making way more money.
0: For example, Muhammad Ali, he was... A wordsmith in per se who would just taunt his opponents outside of the ring and inside of the rings with his wordplay. One of his lines is say, "I float like a butterfly, sting like a bee." I'm so mean, I make medicine sick. <laughs> like the weird yeah. things, like it, it stays in your mind. You're like, okay, that's the entertainment aspect, but he yeah. was also a good fighter as well.
1: And on the flip side, you get guys that are like um, Mighty Mouse, Demetrius Johnson. He's, I think, he's been a champion in the UFC for like. 10 years or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um and sometimes he doesn't even sell out shows when he's on the main card. And he's super skilled, but he's like rather a more boring fighter. He's really technical. Um but people just don't understand because he doesn't like hype himself up on social media. He's kind of a quiet guy. He's super respectful and like like I said, he's got very technical fights, so a lot of people who don't understand the sp- uh, who don't understand the sport think it's kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Um, you get guys like Floyd Mayweather who still get boring fights half the time, but he talks a ton of smack off screen, and then tons of people sort of just idolize him, and then take a look, and they're like, "Oh, that's amazing! It's Floyd Mayweather!" And then the first <laughs> time they watch his fight, and they're like, "What was that? Yeah. Boring, yeah. right?" So uh, that was funny um, when the Floyd like the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight came out and a bunch of people were like, man, that was the boringest fight in the world. I was like, I enjoyed it. It was 12 rounds. Nobody got knocked out, but it was still fun to watch. Like, I was pretty cool to watch Floyd handle someone like Pac-Man. Um, but if you, don't, if you don't really understand that space and you're just like, man, nobody got hurt, well, then maybe you're one of those people that if you had gotten into the sport, you'd be like, man, let me tear somebody's head off. Right? It's different. Is
0: it's all about perspective and yeah. knowing a little bit about the sport. If you don't know much about it, you're just expecting the stereotypes that come out of it. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Okay. No, I get it. So you get all walks of life when it comes to any sport.
1: Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> um, I've met people like there are coaches out in Toronto. One of them used to be an ex-con, and he does a lot of uh youth outreach in his okay. area. He's in Scarborough, and there's a ton of people that I think, if they didn't have an outlet like Muay Thai probably would be getting into a lot of trouble. And then you have people who are in like who are lawyers, real estate agents, tech specialists, um, really from every walk of life. Uh we have animators. I don't think I ever would have really met like an architect or an like a career animator uh in my walk of life if it weren't for something like Muay Thai.
0: That's pretty awesome. I, I love that aspect that it just brings everybody together um i don't know if i asked this question before but how did muay thai have an impact on your perspective on life um (laughs) sorry i caught a fly (laughs) in my that's that's what the pause was that was pretty fun to watch (laughs) uh
1: i i think muay thai made a big difference to me um when i realized that working hard for it sort of like when I started seeing gains working hard in the combat sports space. Like growing up, um, I come from like a middle-class family. I went to an okay high school. I did university. Like decisions I made whether or not they were super smart or not didn't really make much of an impact to my life. You know, I'd make bad decisions, get a slap on the wrist, I'd try really hard, maybe do okay in school, but um, Muay Thai was one of those things where it's like, if you try hard, you'll get back what you put into it. And I know that's, like, that's something to be said about almost anything, but that was the first time I had personally felt like I could enjoy something, work really hard at it, and see the results, you know, um, so it changed me in terms of the perspective of, like, how I approached what I do, and it changed, um, how I studied, it changed, uh, a lot of, a lot of ways of approaching, um, sort of goals, right? It used to just be like, oh, if I work kind of hard at it, but now it's just like I can persevere through things that are just really shitty and still be able to push through it because I know that if I do this, I can actually get a good result coming out.
0: Okay. Well, that's good for you, man. Um, do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested in picking up Muay Thai? Uh,
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, I think if you're looking into the sport... Uh, picking the gym that's right for you is really important because every gym is different and the gym dynamics are different, the student teacher dynamics are different, and their end goals are different. So, the first thing you want to do is really figure out whether this is something that you're doing for a workout or whether you want to be competing casually uh, or trying to compete and, you know, become. An amateur champion or a professional career tie fighter um so once you've got sort of an idea of how much how far you want to go you have to make sure that you can commit to that level of activity and from there you can start searching for a gym right so some gyms are better for workouts and more beginner friendly better run um some gyms aren't as well run but they have a really good fight team um and they will really focus on you if you put your time in right um so i think do your research and make sure you have realistic goals in mind and have an idea of exactly how far you want to go with that sport when you're thinking about picking it up
0: all right i'll keep that in mind for myself if i ever want to pick it up as well um do you have any social media links or websites or anything like that you want to share with the audience yeah uh
1: i've been putting together some highlight reels for guys on my team and stuff like that and i do photography on the side so if you ever check me out on instagram it's nick wang one four uh so nick wang 14 um just come check out the page follow like um comment let me know how you like the work
0: I'll put all the information in the description below so you can just click it and you'll go right to the page. Now, what I tend to do a little different on this podcast series is I throw the question back to you. So do you have any questions for me about Muay Thai? I'm not experienced, so be prepared for a on the spot answer.
1: Cool. Um, how, how much did you know about Muay Thai before this podcast?
0: Um, right before this podcast well not right before but i did watch a movie uh i think i forget the name Unkback. yeah he's laughing (laughs) that was like what that was like five years ago i can't remember how when that came out but i was so intrigued because it was a lot of elbows and knees and i know it's not just elbows and knees but i found that so different i'm like okay that's interesting of course they exaggerated a lot with the sound effects Oh, like yeah. everything's cracking on on
1: back is an awesome movie um, i loved it
0: but <laughs> it's just like who's taking on like 50 guys choo, choo, choo.
1: fun little secret actually i've never seen Aung Bak. what um <laughs> i've seen some fight highlight reels yeah and yeah. i get made fun of all the time for not having seen Aung Bak. uh i actually can't find an english version anywhere subtitles are dubbed So that that's one aspect that makes it really hard to watch. I've looked into it. Like recently I got made fun of hard and I'm like, God damn it. There's it's like this high quality on YouTube, this high quality on different channels, but all of them are Thai only. And I'm like, man, I want to understand this
0: movie, too. I'm sure. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Maybe I do have yeah. the DVD somewhere. Oh yes. Like I could probably <laughs> lend it to you. But I remember watching it with I'm subtitles. Gonna, yeah. By the way, I watched anything in their original language with subtitles. Nice. I, yeah. I can't. I can't I do dub. But yeah, I've watched. I think they had three of them. Yeah. So I watched all three, and nice. that's where I was introduced. And then after that, my friend, uh, who's six foot seven, who does Muay Thai, told me a little bit about it. And I have another friend who is. Um, who does Muay Thai as well. And so that's where I got my introduction and he was, he was showing me a few moves here and there, but, uh, my attention span was like, okay, I can't remember how to do this modes. I used to actually take Taekwondo and that was my introduction to martial arts. And I can't remember anything from there. It was more for the discipline aspect. I think that's why my parents put me in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: my parents put me in Kung Fu, I think when I was 12, also for discipline. Um, there, that was, a really interesting experience because it was like boot camp style mm-hmm. uh so they would wake you up at five in the morning you'd have to make like it was very military wow. boot camp you'd have to make your bed everything would be like to a T. get up go for a run train stretch yeah it was intense
0: okay Same idea R- one little question would you put your kids in muay thai
1: uh absolutely <laughs> yeah? um what age
0: would you put them in <laughs>
1: five just <laughs> in in north america i think it's definitely different like if you were out in thailand and stuff like that like a lot of kids are doing it so they can have friends and like sort of get into that space um but it also i want to make sure that whatever sport i put my kid into i don't want it to get to them too much outside of the sport That's fair. So if you put a kid into something like Taekwondo when they're four or five years old and they're a black belt by the time they're 10, then they're like running around school toting them. Oh, I'm a black belt Taekwondo. And like, you know, that kind of thing kind of irks me a lot. Um, So I would really put uh, I would really prefer to put my kid into something else that would um, train the same sort of physical activity and the kinetics of the body and get them in shape and get them sort of understanding um, what hard work is and stuff like that. So I think like if they wanted to do some sort of dance, whether it's hip hop or Mm -hmm. ballroom or whatever it is, uh, or if they wanted to do gymnastics, um, that kind of thing would be more productive to it. Where if I put them in something like jujitsu or judo or kickboxing, I I'd be kind of worried about like the friends that they're making at school and their like the way that training could change their dynamic with other kids.
0: Okay, so you're already thinking about the future. Well, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Well, yeah. so there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Uh, I'm your host Alex and thank you Nick again for coming on my show and sharing your passion with everybody. Hopefully they learn something new and who knows, maybe they'll pick it up as a hobby and learn to have more discipline respect and gather composure to enjoy life in a different manner um if you want to learn more about nick you can listen to this podcast again or you can actually look him up on instagram which is nick wang 14 correct yep that's it all right and he has a little video you have you don't have a website yet, or you're gonna do something like that, or
1: I have one. It's a mess right now. Okay, so um, disregard
0: the website for now. <laughs>
1: you you can find the website link on my Instagram. It's linked. Uh, so I do a lot of Muay Thai photography. So I show uh, I shoot shows that are local. I try and travel for some of them as well. Um, I haven't put up my Thailand stuff yet. I got to go to one of the bigger stadiums in Thailand and take some cool photos there. They let me ride up ringside. It was awesome.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you just listen to time for your hobby. If you have any questions or would like to be on the show, you could send me an email at time for your hobby at gmail dot com. And also somewhere in there. I uh, will put the link to my website below so you can actually see, listen to the web podcast on different platforms such as iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, all of them. I'm working on Spotify. Don't worry, taking some time. Um, so yeah, until the next time or the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care.